When I first started producing, I had no background and didn't even really know exactly how to get into it, other than the fact that I wanted to learn how to play an instrument and learn how to actually start making tracks that people would listen to and that people actually wanted to listen to as well. Not just something that sounded kind of crappy, but something that actually made people want to get up and dance, especially, or just get up and perk their ears. So I remember when I was at a Kid Cudi concert in Boston at the House of Blues, uh, he had a live instrument, uh, like a full band behind him on stage. And before that, the only concerts I had been to, there was no like real live music. Maybe there's someone playing guitar or something like that, or just one piece uh, of like a full band, but never a, a full like acoustic uh, production. And when I finally saw that and saw how the crowd reacted to that, especially, it was just something that I thought was magical. So immediately I knew that I wanted to start learning how to do that and just learning how to produce music in general. And with that, I realized that there was a couple tools that I needed and uh, a way to do that ideally efficiently in a way that was going to lead to a longer process. So at the point that I'm at now where I'm doing music full time, there are a couple of tools between then, which was in 2019, to where I'm at now that I've picked up along the way and a couple of habits that I found wildly useful that I think that we can spread out to you guys for you to try and hopefully it'll help you. So with that being said, the first one that I found really useful is something called the rule of 100. And this is to make sure that you do 100 of whatever it is that you're trying to learn every day. So this could be when I was practicing learning how to use a sampler or when I was trying to practice how to learn an instrument, practicing for 100 minutes a day or making sure that in the culmination I'm practicing, producing or learning, maybe watching something so that I can finally start to play maybe a new song or a new chord or learn a different pattern of drumming or something like that, whatever it happens to be. Uh, basically making sure that I did 100 minutes of it every single day. And 100 minutes of it every day would compound over time. Another thing is once I started to become more acquainted with actually how to start making stuff on my machine and how to start making tracks that at least sounded good enough, I needed to know how to put those tracks out to an audience. So the next step, and to take it on a little more macro scale, is not only do you need to do something 100 times every day, again, whether it's maybe... 100 minutes of that thing, or if you're doing like outreach, doing 100 outreaches every single day, or maybe if you're doing ads, spending $100 on ads every day, you could also take it to a more macro level with the platform that you're using. So for me in particular, I chose Instagram to start off with. And I told myself, again, rule of 100, I need to put up 100 pieces of content before I can tell myself this is a viable thing to do or this isn't viable. I wasn't going to say on the 10th piece of content, yeah, people aren't aren't feeling this. I'm I'm out of here. I'm done with this. I would have never gotten to where I'm at today. And I know we've talked about this in the past, but I needed more data points to basically figure out what what's the actual trajectory of where I'm going. So you need to get to ideally a hundred videos posted on on uh, Instagram or if you're on YouTube, maybe it's a hundred videos, whatever platform you're choosing. Or maybe if you're writing essays, maybe write a hundred essays or produce a hundred pieces of music in general before you give up. So not only does this rule apply on the micro scale of what you're doing daily, but it also applies on the macro scale of making sure that you, before you give up on a, on a new habit, before you give up on a new idea, a new business, a new venture that you're starting, uh, make sure you do 100 of them. Again, whether it's producing 100 beats, maybe uh, posting 100 pieces of content on Instagram, or doing whatever it is that you're happening to do, do 100 of it before you officially count it out. And for me, again, this was something that helped me progress and watch, I could watch it compound quickly to get to where I'm at today. Again, going from someone who had no background in music to being able to use the rule of 100 to do something, to learn basically 100 
produce and learn 100 minutes of music every single day. And then the next step was producing 100 pieces of content every day. And I'm sure the next step above that will be something that hopefully in a future podcast, maybe we'll talk about. But I think that this rule uh, applies to many levels, in other words. Um, Something else that I found super useful when I first started out was making sure that I didn't face a blank template. And I know Cody's got a lot about that and how to overcome that. Uh, Ideally, usually it's a beat block of seeing that blank page and not knowing what to do with it. Yeah, so Jared, we're gonna we're gonna rewind ourselves. Everybody, everybody, take a moment. Think back to when you were a toddler. You're in kindergarten. Your first, second, third grade. For me personally, one of my favorite toys to play with Legos. Now, Legos are these individual building blocks that you put together to create that, um, to create the Death Star model, or or to create if it Lincoln Logs. Lincoln Logs was another favorite of mine. You had all of these little individual pieces that created this this final structure. Whether it was um, whether it's Legos, the the Lincoln Logs building blocks, whatever. You started with these little pieces. Now compare that to a song. Now, of course, with the song, you got your intro, your break, your build, your drop, break number two. Um, you can. If if you take this a song from a macro level, you can begin to dissect it and look at all of the individual building blocks that make up this song. You can also look at it from the instrumental perspective. You got your crash, you got your hat, you got some percussive foley, you got your snare, snare one, you got snare two, you got snare effects, you got a kick, bass, guitar, piano, yada, 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 yada. You have all of these individual building blocks. Now, something that I didn't do until recently, and these were after conversations with you and other people within um, within my network, is taking the chance to simply build the little Legos, to create the building blocks of your tracks. Um, so for a lot of people, facing that blank template can be terrifying. But if you go in with that objective of, okay, I'm making a hat loop, or I'm making a kick and snare pattern, or I'm making a new patch and serum, it becomes it becomes a much more manageable, digestible, and accomplishable track. And then once you you're essentially creating a sample pack for yourself. And Jared, I know I know that you do this, where you can you're you're doing this process not only for yourself, but you're also doing this process to create those building blocks for other producers to utilize, um, to serve serve them in that way of like, hey, here's a little piece of inspiration. Hopefully you can use it to, to create a full-fledged track. Another way to look at it, and this is from our, our friend Hoffy Beats, who, who's been on the podcast before, he does this before creating an EP or an album, which I thought was super interesting. He picks his samples he picks his he essentially picks his color palette if if you're a painter before you go to the blank canvas you pick out your color palette you have your greens and your blues and your reds and i don't know enough fancy specific colors to to fake it but you pick your color palette before you go and begin painting and he he uses this process for eps and albums what's the theme of my ep what's the theme of my album i'm going to pick i'm going to select samples and sounds and instruments that are going to be able to fill that out um it's super interesting, super interesting and extremely beneficial. And Hoffy Beats is, is killing it. He's consistently over a million monthly listeners. So, um, it's, it's, uh, it's on, on Spotify. So it's definitely, it's a, it's a tactic that, that works in action, certainly for him. 
Now, for me, interestingly enough, and I think I think this varies producer to producer, I love a blank Ableton template. That is honestly where I thrive. Th- creating a new idea, creating a song starter is my absolute favorite. But the other half of Crystal, Crystal Grid, Jared with the G, he has that he has a more analytical perspective where he wants to perfect and fill out sounds that are already there. And and he doesn't necessarily enjoy that blank Ableton template. So we've been able to develop our workflow and our work process to build off of each other's strengths. I'm a good song starter. He's a great song finisher. And so I start a bunch of the tracks and he finishes them. And we we just have this really good workflow that um, that is beneficial for both of our um our styles of creativity in the creation process. Cause I can work, I can get two, three, four sessions in on a track. And then when I'm burnt out on it, when I'm already wanting to start a new idea, I have somebody that I can send it to, to finish off. And all of us just identify the people in your network who are, who's good song starters, who good song, who, who are great song finishers and begin to leverage each other's strengths to, to, help everybody grow and to create more music. Um, now, of course, once you have that finished music, you have to start start pushing it out there. And so I'm going to pass it back over to Jared to, to talk about music promotion. Yeah, exactly. So the last tip that we got for you guys that, again, in specific, I found this one really useful was to make sure that you don't just promote your music before you launch it, but to also promote your music after you launch it. And the example that I'm going to give is the first pack sample pack that I launched versus the second sample pack that I launched and the way that I actually promoted it and the traffic that I drove towards it. So the first pack that I ever released, um, uh, I basically made roughly $500 in profit off of the sample pack. Um, and then what I did for that was I only did front end or traffic in front of the sample pack before I launched it. So I didn't make any what I would call good noise on the back end or after the sample pack was launched. I only said, hey, on this date, I'm releasing this thing. If you want to go get it, go get it. And once the deal for that thing was over, I never posted about it again. I basically just shut up about it and I never said anything. And that uh, in that basically two or three week span, I made about $500 off of that sample pack. And from that, I was like, oh man, this is amazing. This is great, which it was. I was really excited because this was the first time I had really even made any music, any money from my music. Um, but now I started to realize that there's a lot more that goes into marketing and promoting your music than just saying, hey, I have this thing, here it is. You have to make what I referred to as earlier as good noise the entire time, both before and after. And what good noise is, is stuff that people want to hear. You don't want to be saying a whole bunch of crap that's annoying to people, which is what I would call bad noise. You don't want to exhaust your audience where you keep saying the same things over and over and over again. Um, You want to uh, push them as far as you can, but you don't want to push them over the edge. So again, you're not going to be pitching the same thing for three years, but you might be able to do it for six months. And you'll see this often with new products and stuff. I mean, if you think about it, Apple releases a new iPhone every single year, right? Or a new iPad, new line of products every single year. So they're pushing and promoting and launching and launching also on the back end, promoting stuff to make sure that those products get sold. So I'm going to bring it back to my example because I was a little tangential. Now, going to the second sample pack that I released, I decided, you know what? 
I'm going to actually use all these marketing techniques that I learned. I'm going to go use, again, these things that I just took from Apple. I realized that they're launching and putting traffic on the front as well as saying, hey, we still got this thing after they released it and making sure people still go and buy it. So what I did was not only, again, I did the same thing where I did the stuff on the front end about two weeks of generating traffic and saying, hey, I got this thing that's going to release on this date. If you want to, it's going to have all this stuff. Make sure you go and grab it and it'll help you with this stuff. People said, oh, this is awesome. I really want some drums that are going to hit hard. I really want some gritty drums. I want to be a part of this challenge that you're going to do, all this stuff. And it was pretty awesome on the front end. Again, I made a, a, a decent amount of money the first time, the first week of the launch. But in this case, what I decided to do was to continue to extend it for another roughly eight weeks after two months. And from that, um, not uh, the entire two months, but within the first, uh, from including the initial three weeks, the first eight weeks, so I guess five weeks after roughly the first month, we were able to pull in roughly $4,000 of profit, which was, again, in that time span from the first pack to the second pack, my audience doubled. So I would have expected to only make $1,000 the second time. But I was able to make four times that just by doing traffic, not only on the front end, but also driving traffic afterwards and giving people a reason to, to go listen to the thing that I dropped or in my case, it was a sample pack and saying, go use the sounds that I made. But whatever it happens to be for yourself, make sure that you're not only making noise on the front of your product and saying, hey, go do this thing. It's going to drop and building anticipation. But after you drop it to make sure you tell people that this thing is available, statistically speaking, around 80% of your sales you're going to miss simply because the person who was going to buy it didn't know that you were even selling that thing. So a lot of times, and you see this often in something like a platform such as Instagram, you can put up a piece of content and Instagram is only going to send it out to like 10% of your audience to see if anybody even likes it. And it's the same way when you're pitching your products and trying to get people to ideally listen to your music or purchase your sample packs or just download that thing that you're, you're trying to provide them. You need to, again, make something, make it known and make people anticipate it on the front end as well as make people want to go purchase it once it's out there or go listen to it and do those sorts of things so that you can get similar. Ideally, if you want, you can try to get the same results that I got and get a 4X multiple. But by just trying this, I can guarantee you will get some amount better. Maybe not 4X, but again, more traffic is always going to be better. And by putting on this back end, making sure that you're making good noise, you'll ideally generate more downloads, more listens, more sales, whatever it happens to be that you're trying to do. So with that, those were the three tips and habits that I found super useful to make sure that I was creating as much music as I possibly could and learning how to actually put out that music, promote that music, get people to download and actually use that music as well. In my case, again, being a sample packs and drums. So with that, the first rule again was the rule of 100. Uh, making sure that you do 100 of something every single day, whether that's practicing 100 minutes or whether you're trying to put up 100 posts on the more macro level. The second thing was making sure that you don't face a blank page and that you use basically either some sort of samples or basically chunking it down into the little Lego blocks, as Cody uh, said, and figuring out how you can do that for yourself and creating a similar system, such as also what Hafi said, and creating something that you can mesh these different colors together to create an end product that you enjoy and you don't have to sit there with beat block. Uh, and the last thing that we just talked about was making sure that you understand how to promote your music on both before you release your project as well as after you release the project. So this way, people are still going to be listening to it in more of an evergreen format, as people, as some would refer to it as. With that being said, 
Hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. If you want more like this, definitely give us a subscription on the YouTube channel, as well as in the link down below, you can join us on our Discord uh, with a community of like-minded producers who are all working to achieve similar goals of marketing their music and getting more people to listen, as well as building better habits, such as the ones that we listed here today. So again, make sure to give us a subscription or join us in the Discord below. And with that, peace. Peace. Peace.